Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show on a happy Friday. Hi, Mode. Hey, DK. We're brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're open 24-7 serving hot, fresh food. Really good stuff, too, at the Get-Go Cafe and Market. The best thing about it is just like those middle of the night. You know, when you're like, you just got done watching a movie or you're in the middle of a binge, you know, and you're like, yeah, I got to have something now. Let's just take a ride up. We do this all the time, my family. I got to get the tots, man. You told me about the tots. I got to try the tots. The tots are legendary. Um, (laughs) Let's let's talk a little football here. Let's talk a little bit of uh, Ramon's favorite subject matter from this past NFL draft class. And that would be one George. Pickens. Yeah. What do you like about him? What has you, and don't give me the fight. Everyone talks about the fight. You know, a fight in and of itself doesn't make you a stealer. Right. It helps. It definitely (laughs) helps. (laughs) It definitely helps, man. Uh, What what do I like about him? Um, His attitude, or he's just super blunt about stuff. Um, the fact that he's a talker, he's got this air of confidence that you, I think is very attractive. And that's something, especially as we go through this new era of what Pittsburgh is, it's gotta be somebody. We've been talking about who's the captain on the friggin' offense. Who's the guy that's going to lead this team. I don't even care if it's an attitude setter, um, but there's gotta be at least one talker. Who's the go-to guy. And it seems like it's going to be George. You know what I'm saying? Like it, 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 and that's, what's been, Lacking, I feel like a little bit when you don't have a guy that's a, a go-to front man. Swagger, like it's gotta swagger. Be a swag. We're there about. we yeah. go. That, that's think what you're talking about here. It's not necessarily about, leadership. It, it ain't, but it's a, a, a sense of like like Odell probably ain't the best leader on the teams he's been on. But that swagger that he brought to the game is what you feared, is what you respected, is what you look forward to every single weekend that you were playing a game. And I feel like that's a guy that can bring it to it. He did it at Georgia. He, he he's done it as far as his uh his video from draft night when he was just I don't know what garments he was in but just staring into the TV like look at me watch me being drafted you know what I'm saying yeah. like it's attractive is it not like it's almost of the mindset the, the the types of guys that always get girls is funny guys and assholes like he's a little bit of both you know what I'm saying like. And that to me has got got me to a point where I'm like, I can believe in this kid if he stays healthy. He's a an appropriate pro, and he just goes out and did what he did in college. Like the attitude that he would bring, and I know you said don't bring that up of telling Michigan sideline, "Hey, look at your little buddy right here. Watch me dog him out, huh?" You could bring it up. I don't care if you bring it up. I'm just saying yeah. that that's not the only thing. See, we can talk about swagger, but we also have to talk about what's justifiable swagger. Okay. Yeah. When you get up in Minneapolis and you motion for a first down, okay, yeah. and your team's see? going down the field. But see, that's what I'm talking about. You can say, oh, that's some real attitude. That's some, well, no, it's not. It's just dumb. But, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and and there's nothing behind it. I mean, you know, I mean, that's not the best example because Chase Claypool actually had a, a great second half there in <laughs> yeah, Minneapolis, including on that drive. But, you know, you have to be able to back it up. Yeah. And and the other side of it is, like I said, I, I, I did say that attitude, but I said also being an, an appropriate pro, you know, and I think that's if he can master that aspect of walking into the NFL – He's the guy that you're going to love, man. And I know he feels like I should have or could have been a first round draft pick. 
I, you know, I love the underdog story. Even a guy that was drafted can be an underdog story. We're going to hear about this kid, man, going back and saying, yep, we knew it was going to be that. And I think when everybody saw Pittsburgh pick him, you were like, Kev did it again. Yeah, but okay, here, I'm going to be devil's advocate here on this show. I had a, I had a, um, uh, a, a visitor here to our headquarters slash shop downtown, which is where I'm doing this show from, come in the other day. And he's actually a student at the University of Georgia who also happens to follow their football program really okay. closely. Now, that doesn't make him anything of an expert, but just so I casually get into a conversation with him about Pickens. And he said, it's absolutely amazing to me that more teams didn't see what the Steelers did, meaning at the Georgia Pro Day, which should have settled any and all questions about the knee. Now, what I'm going to ask you, Moan, is that that session was not held in some secret location, like in a cave in Finland. It was right there in front of everybody. Okay? Yeah. Why is it that the Steelers would have seen this and no one else reacted to it? That the knee was fine? Yeah. Which is all that Mike Tomlin even said afterwards. It's all we were looking for. We knew the player. We just wanted to see if he could make explosive plays. I'll say this. I I think his attitude may have kind of scared some people off. I think there's an aspect of George Pickens that you can kind of say, ooh, I don't know what he's going to turn into. I think it's that. I I I can legitimately make an argument that I think they were afraid of not having the clean cut, cookie cutter, just nice guy. The way he was punching dude in the helmet, you got to worry yourself on Sundays. Is he going to lose his temper? The way he dogs guys out on plays to say, hey, watch this. What happens if it happens to him? Will he get mad and overreact? But I'll say this, and what we've seen, I've seen people say he deserves a Nobel Peace Prize because of it. Coach Tomlin and his staff has dealt with this before. I was just about to say, what exactly is the personality that intimidates Coach Tomlin? Has there been one? I don't believe that there has. I mean, he had James Harrison. He had AB, you know. Uh, let's managing Ben situation. And there's that. Let's talk about Martavis. Yeah, Martavis. Let's talk about Marquise. Mm. Eh, Marquise okay. is different, but yeah. But I, he I, had I, a I very see. serious lawsuit out on him, also. Did he <clears> not? <throat> yep. You see what I'm saying? So he's a, been around these situations before. So for the guys that say I don't want the headache of what it could possibly be, Coach Thomas said, "Not nah, screw that." Let me get them anyhow, because I know now people realize what was going on behind the scenes in the locker room. There was a lot that we as a team, him as a coach and their staff, as a front office managed. And we got the most out of a guy or guys that we have could, we could have possibly gotten. When we come back and they're on the Ramon Foster show, we'll have more and we'll probably end up discussing one or two more things. The belief in the O-line could be one. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Ramon picked me up there at the end. It's been a week. It really has. <laughs> a nasty old head cold here. Um, Moan, let's talk about the offensive line. You don't need yeah. my help for that. Is there a reason to believe in this group other than the money that was invested. And I appreciate and respect what they did yeah. bringing in Mason Cole, James Daniels, keeping Chooks Okorafor. Yeah. Do we have a reason to believe that this group can be everything that's needed? 
in the Matt Canada offense because it's not all that simple. It's going to involve a lot of layers. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll say this. Keeping Chooks, uh, having Dan Moore play a whole lot last year. Um, also, the added aspect of Kevin Dotson. Also, the added aspect of Kendrick Green and the new additions of, of everybody else tells you that at least this. One, you have experience. All those guys have experience when it comes down to this offensive line. Uh, the ones that we're counting on to start. Uh, add Mason Cole into it pushes uh, Kendrick Green. You know what I'm saying? Like adding James Daniel also pushes Kevin Dotson. You're, you're going to find yourself in a position where the best is what they're going to be left with. And because of that, I think it more than, than anything last year, you're going to see a better product. What that product is going to be, I just say better. Now, again, when we speak about our era of offensive line, the thing with us was it did take time. When you had the exodus of Willie, Trey, Max, Chris Kimowatu, uh, Hartwig, uh, just a bunch of other guys, uh, Jonathan Scott, like it, it really made you say, well, what is this group going to be? And we got beat up a little bit, but we fought. If that group can be led by, and I think the guy that's going to end up leading them, James Daniels. And I'm, if that's the case, and I'm already discounting a guy that was potentially a starter last year, well, he'll probably play uh, right and you'll or left because he's position flexible. But you, you say this, if they can have some attitude and fight, because that's truthfully what got us through through those hard years. We just said we're going to beat people up like that was our mindset. Like Coach Kugler, just go beat them up. It was a fight every single week. Coach Tomlin challenged us every single week. Don't get y'all bleeps kicked. It was one of those. And then it started to hit you in the fields in your pride. So that's where I met with this group. They went from trying to gain experience to now to where they got to go set a tone week in and week out. And you mentioned the Canada offense to me. I don't really look much into it as far as an offensive line is concerned. I do know this. This group is very, is very athletic. To what I think this group is very smart. Whatever he designates them to do as far as the play calling, it's just simply doing your job. And that's okay, what but, all of them are paid for. But, Moan, if, if, if I hear everything that you're saying correctly yeah. here, okay, you're talking about being physical, about not getting your tail kicked and everything else here. Why? And... Uh, I'm not playing expert here. You're that. Okay, go ahead. But why wouldn't you at least open camp or open the earlier part of the season with the attitude that we're going to establish the run once and for all? We've got this running back. We've got these tight ends. We've yep. now got more fullbacks than we know what to do with. <laughs> okay. Uh, we've got it. We've got it. We've even added a wide receiver who has a bit of an attitude when it comes mm -hmm. to blocking. Okay. Why not just say, listen, one way or another, after two, three years at the yeah. bottom of the pit, when it comes to running the football, we are absolutely going to make sure that we have this part down. And that's, that's what I meant as far as being physical, too. Like, it started off as the run game from us, knowing that we had one of the best backs in the league in Le'Veon. You know, mm -hmm. knowing that yeah. we, we were in a position where it wasn't, no, you're not young guys anymore. Like, that's where it started was the run first. I think having Najee set a great tone, even though they're devaluing the running back position like crazy around here. But it's a necessary evil when you play in a city like Pittsburgh, when you play in the AFC North. You better have a real good running back. Look around the division. 
as far as the AFC North goes. Everybody's got one. Baltimore's got 20 of them, okay? So with, with that being said, it starts there, and then the pass game leads behind it. And I say this too. I think it's idiotic not to start with the run game first. Considering well, new- yeah, and, and, and instead of – see, this is one of the things when we talk about – you mentioned the offensive line guys being smart, and they're going to need to be because by all they accounts, were. the Matt Canada offense – as it exists somewhere in the Matt yeah. Canada realm that we still haven't seen it, is that you're going to see a lot of pulling. You're going to see a lot of movement. You're going to see a lot of this and that. Yeah. And one of the things that worried me last summer with that ridiculously young group that they had was that it felt like they were trying to have them learn seven different languages all by the time the season would start. Do you follow me? Instead of just yeah, saying, see sure. that guy in front of you? See that guy in front of you? Knock him on his rear end. So I'll say this, and I know a lot of people have said it. You know, we've been speaking about the Jimmy and Joes, meaning the players, a lot. But Canada's going to have to hold up his end of this deal, too. You know, it's it's been a few people in the comments to say, well, I don't know if I believe in Matt. And that's very fair. Because to that point right there, if he does anything to overcomplicate the run game or the scheme, it's neglectful. You have a very young quarterback inexperienced, and I don't care how long Mitch has been in his league, he still doesn't have a whole lot of tick under his rep. I mean, under his career. The same goes for the OL. Chook's got a good amount of years. James Daniel does, but it's not a whole lot. It's got to be simple. If you make it complex, it can't be because of the offensive line. They need to be the motions of the guys around them. The line of scrimmage is the most important part to start this season off when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially on the road in Cincinnati. It's going to be loud. It's going to be positions in which these guys have not been in before. Opening up the season probably as an underdog on the road against the coveted Cincinnati Bengals. If Matt Canada doesn't do his job and say we're going to punch people in the mouth as soon as the kickoff starts, then he needs to be a bridge builder. Yeah, that's 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 probably the best way to look at it. When we come back, it's the Hey Moan segment. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's time for the coveted, to use Ramon's term, Hey Moan segment. And today's entry comes from Mike Malik, who says, Hey Moan, do you think it's possible that the Steelers told Ben that this was going to be his last year, meaning 2021, and that they were going to move on from him because Mike Tomlin is convinced that the offense has to evolve using Matt Canada's offense? In other words, did they choose Canada over Ben and kind of force Ben's hand after his one final season. Oh. We love, we Steelers fans love the drama. <laughs> There's always got to be some kind of reality is. TV show, something beneath, you know, but that's okay. That's part of the dialogue it too. It just I is. Love Be- it. Because I mean, these things do happen behind the scenes, don't they? I'm sure they do. I bet you Drew Brees probably went through a similar situation like that, too, man, when it comes down to it. Um, let's, Let's just say this. I think Ben knew he was, you know about done when it comes down to what his career was going to be. Did they come to a mutual understanding? I think so, because you had Ben take a, a pay cut, you know what I'm saying, to stay around and make moves and get guys, uh, you know, signed under, under the, the, the team salary cap and whatnot. Uh, if that was the case, I honestly don't think there was any malice behind it. I really don't think there was any bad blood behind that decision and, you know, that conversation if it was had and it was – but I don't think it was over Matt Canada. 
I just think it was probably, you know, time is it catches us all. Father time catches us all, DK. I don't, okay. I'm not buying into that one. Okay. I just ain't. But, but you will buy, I am guessing, into the idea that this head coach really does stick by this coordinator, doesn't he? It's got to be perceived that way. Yeah. I think all, I mean, I think, I bet you, I bet you this. Um, a lot of people probably thought Coach Tomlin stayed beside uh, Coach Butts a tick too long. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was calling a lot of the defensive signals himself. So that that that's a different kind of dynamic than with the offense where uh where where Tomlin has to be able to trust implicitly his offensive coordinator because he's not about to hijack those duties himself. Yeah, but I don't think it's Matt Canada or bust when it came down to this team and being retiring, though. That's a stretch for me to even okay. believe in. I, I I still you can't you can't sell me on that one, DK. I honestly do think because Ben had been hinting away at it for a very long time that he, he was had. going to retire soon. So I think I would lean more with that conversation than to say the Steelers forced Ben. Yeah, because we, I'd we, say we, this. I feel like Ben would have said something about it. You know, sometimes you don't want to yeah. go and you're pushed in a similar direction. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I won't subscribe to that one. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it it takes a while sometimes for that stuff to come out too. With where Troy Polamalu was concerned, it wasn't something that you know he was talking about over the course of the season. It was kind of afterward, where you got these vibes from him that he he wasn't cool with basically being shown the door after everything that he'd done there. And yeah, I, I can see where even if you feel like in your from the Steelers' perspective, you feel like you do absolutely everything right yeah to honor the individual in his career while at the same time ideally i don't know that they did but ideally maximizing what he could bring you in his last season i mean got to the playoffs you know he did so i i I guess i will reverse the question too to um uh to the hey moan segment is would you have wanted to see ben not retire and continue to play. Yeah, see, that's where the subject changes like this. And so does so do the responses. It's like all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 we're good, man. No, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's like, no, that that thing that, that that he did against, yeah, that we're done. That was good. That, the last home game, perfect yeah. send off. Uh, getting to the playoffs, perfect. Yeah, uh, roll, roll the script, you know? Yeah. That's that's the other side of it, which is why I, I can't buy into it as much. I think even the fan base, as much as we love Ben, probably was just like, okay. But it's the fact that you always think the team is going to push a guy instead of a guy wanting to be out. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Moan. I think that's what all we got for this week. Till next week, man. DK, it's been fun having you back. Yeah, it's been great to be back, Moan. <laughs> Hopefully another couple of days and there will be no no remnants of this thing. No doubt.